What's up, everybody? Chris Bates back at it again with a special bonus episode with a very special guest to the At Last podcast, but also to the At Last nonprofit organization. Miss Sierra Cruz is with us today, and we'll be sharing a little bit about her recent experiences that we'll get into in just a second. But just as a quick summary, as usual, uh, at last was founded within the last few years by my buddy Adam and I and Dr. Kristen Ross, formalizing as an organization, 501c3, birthed from the podcast, from all of our rich conversations with guests that led to ideas, which led to different action items that came across one of them being some of what we'll hear about in a bit with Sierra. But yeah, just wanting to address the disparities that we see between the representation of Black and Brown and other people of color as athletes participating in athletic realm and the practitioners that serve them in those spaces. That's a discrepancy that, we, that we've seen and still see and want to address. In addition to a variety of other things that have come up from our, our conversations in the podcast, right? From different socioeconomic things, just lacking, lacking competencies in different areas for professionals and providers. So anyway, you can go back and listen to two seasons worth of podcasts to really get a feel and grasp of all of the things that we talk about. So with no further ado, Adam, I'm going to pass it over to you so you can introduce our guest for today. Yes. Please do go back and listen to the catalog. Our guest today is Sierra Cruz. She is a graduate athletic training student at West Chester University of Pennsylvania. She did her undergraduate work at Delaware State University. So I think you can perceive that she is from the East Coast. Sierra, to help introduce yourself a bit today, we would like to have you share with us, if you're comfortable, how you identify racially, culturally, ethnically, you know, for our listeners and for everybody who's conversing with you today. Okay. <laughs> so this is my first time. So I'm a little nervous now that we get into it, but um, it's all good. So I mostly identify as black, like when I come across anybody, but usually I will say like, oh yeah, like I'm black and Puerto Rican or whatever the case may be. I know when I went to Stanford, I definitely made sure that they knew like I was Black and Puerto Rican. It was funny because one of the other students, she was Mexican, but like when I looked at her, you know, she didn't look Mexican, but Hispanics come in all different colors. And, you know, so it was kind of not a relief, but like, oh, nice. Like, it's nice to see another, you know, Hispanic person out here doing the same thing that I'm doing. So it's pretty cool. Culturally, I really mostly grew up with my mother. So I will say um, I'm more cultural, culturally diverse in the Hispanic side. And when I really went to my HBCU, I will say it really diversified me even more like to connect with my Black side. So I feel very much more cultured from going to Delaware State and I and I'm forever like grateful for that because I definitely learned a lot. My roommates, 
from New York. She's Jamaican, like taught me the different dances and just it really hey. became, like bring me more closer to the cultural side of, you know, being black. So did you eat? Did you eat some curry, some Jamaican curry? Oh, yeah. I go to Jamaican spa all the time. <laughs> yeah, good. And some patties. My wife, my wife is Jamaican. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Dope. So what you guys both just brought in is some different context and experiences and uh, identifying with people that provide some sort of uh, comfortability or support network, which I think is huge. Very important. Yep. That kind of fast forwards to your experience at Stanford University, which is how Atlast and Sierra Cruz connected. So I'm going to share a little bit of that context for our listeners, and we can get further into to dissect some of these topics. But I was on LinkedIn one day and saw a GoFundMe. Sierra had a GoFundMe stating, you know, she was raising money for a clinical rotation at Stanford University, you know, need this amount of dollars to come across the United States to live for a month, essentially. And most people, I think, recognize Stanford is a predominantly white institution, a lot of money in a very well-off area of the Bay Area, Palo Alto. And so when I just first saw Sierra's post, I perceived that Sierra probably identifies as a woman of color and thought, hmm, this might be an inflection point for Atlas to provide some level of support. And I think funding was like an easy piece. We could donate some dollars to Sierra's GoFundMe, in which, which Atlas did. And, but then my mind took me further of like, how else could we support this individual in this time of her life that? There's a lot of things going on, travel, new environment, uh, and the education and cognitive load that occurs when you're an athletic training student in a rotation. And so we sought to provide some connection for Sierra to some contacts that we had at Stanford. Um, shout out to Sanam, Sanam Razazadeh, who was more than willing to receive you know, any recommendations that we had or asks that we had of her. Yep. Adam, let me let me say this too, right? Just a little, this goes into the network gap, right? That we talk about in one of our old episodes that you can go back and listen to, right? This is this is in real life, right? So shout out to Sanam for sure, as Adam already said, someone who is in our network, who we can kind of then connect and then build more networks. So now Sierra has some more network, right? I'll let Adam get back to it. But yeah, we really are grateful for, for Sanam at Stanford. Yeah. So as a nonprofit, we just sought to figure out how we could provide Sierra some support that wasn't just financial, be it network gap, uh, addressing that uh, other levers that we could pull, so to speak. So Sierra, if you could share with us maybe your initial reaction to when you know we connected with you to say, hey, how can we support and let's talk about this. So my initial reaction was like, oh, I know who this is, because I actually uh, I think maybe it was a couple of days before or maybe like even a week before I seen you guys podcast popped up 
And so it popped up on my LinkedIn. And so then I just started like listening to some of y'all podcasts. The very first one I listened to was, I forget which team, but he's the head either AT or of one of the NFL. Yeah. And he's from Delaware. And I was like, what? He's from here. That just gives more hope. Like if if I want to really go far in this profession, like I can't. Mm. Somebody else representation did. matters, right? <laughs> Listening to you guys' podcast kind of like like gave me more hope, I would say, because like I do want to make a difference too in this profession, but it's like how? Like what can I do to like mm. make an impact? So so then when I seen that Adam had messaged me, I'm like, oh nice, like. Maybe he'd give me some like advice or like, what can I do? Like, or some money <laughs> <laughs> to help yeah. me. So it was really cool. And then I already knew like what the whole mission was behind your organization. So I felt like it, it aligned with what I personally needed to like help me get to, to Stanford. So it was really exciting. <laughs> Love it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we could be that sort of vessel. Um, I mean, that is the actual goal. I do want to mention for you, Sierra, and for our listeners that we want to be aware that we are not saying or trying to portray that you maybe needed our help or that, right, right. Or that your success in your, in your life, in, in your career moving forward is tied to our help. Right. But I think personally, I'll say, I think how we tried to support you certainly is not going to hurt. We just want to be cognizant that you understand. We don't think that you couldn't do this on your own. Yeah, for sure. You deserve the credit for sure. Thank you. Definitely. It still was a blessing, though. Like, I very much felt blessed to even have like that opportunity come across. Even making the the GoFundMe, I'm impressed because I I think back. I was joking before we hopped on this episode, you know, looking back at you know your own personal journey, and and hearing that you made a GoFundMe and we're going to find a way out of you know maybe what could have been no way is inspiring to me. That's that's awesome to hear. I mean, I bet you probably exceeded your goals. Look at you now. Yeah. My mom, she was kind of like, I don't know if y'all know, but Hispanic people are very strong so like when I made the GoFundMe she's like why are you making a GoFundMe like I will help you get the money but it's like Mm. I know our financial situation so I know like I know how hard my mom wants to help but it's just like it wouldn't be a reality for her to help with the amount of money that I needed so like at the beginning she was real you don't need that why are you making that but like as she's seen like okay, I'm advertising, I'm putting out my GoFundMe, like, and people are actually, like, donating, trying to help me, like, she's like, okay, yeah, it, we do need more help than just what, like, my mother can do for me, so, yeah, I'm happy I did it, too, like, it was hard, but, like, you need, you need help sometimes, so, yeah. There's so much there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a reality for many people of color, Sierra, right? I can re- I can recall instances in my life too where it's just like wait why you there's a pride about it and yeah. and it almost connects to 
it's almost like there's this there's this piece about receiving help that seems to be connected inappropriately to immorality. Yeah. Like it's almost it almost kind of becomes a moral thing, right? Like it's it's a wrong thing, you know. And and that's a part of our plight, right? The plight of people of color having to overcome because we're so busy trying to prove ourselves, right? And like so mom was like, nah, 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 we got this. Right. And, and to her point, yeah, y'all do got this for sure. You know, this is just, this was just a little extra, a little extra hand clap. If nothing else, some support, you know, keep going in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? So that could be a complete different, like a whole episode, you know, maybe we, maybe we got to have you, you know, for season three and we actually spend some time talking to you, you know, about some of those deeper things, you know? Yeah. It makes me think that, you know, maybe in Sierra's mind, there was some sort of risk to benefit of, you know, starting the GoFundMe. But now that we're here at this point, again, take away the financial piece because money can be given, it can be donated, it can be raised, right? Like that, that's a, that's a piece of the experience. It was the least least that we could have done, right? That was the least. Yes. Uh, But I think some doors, you know, may have opened for Sierra, you know, maybe personally, professionally, and maybe that doesn't transpire without the GoFundMe. Yep. 100%. Deanna, before we fully started recording, you said you were getting some PTSD or maybe some flashback of of a graduate a graduate school experience. Share that with us. Yeah. So I was uh for all the listeners, I was joking. I I went to grad school at the University of Memphis, Go Tigers. And I just had flashbacks of who I was then and who I thought I could become. And seeing how far I've come just makes me want to personally pour into the youth pour into graduate students, athletic trainers, and really just kind of remind individuals that you guys have, as students, you have so much further to come. And I think sometimes, you know, we look at our current circumstance and we can get defeated. You know, for example, Sierra, you, you know, maybe didn't have all the funding that you needed. You created the GoFundMe. But I'm here to tell you that, like I told Sierra, it only gets better. And to not let your current circumstance define you, but to find a way to overcome any obstacle that may be in your way if you're trying to reach a goal. Yeah, you did that, girl. I don't even, man, this girl started a GoFundMe, man, to to do a clinical rotation. Many of us would have probably just been limited to our our geographical location to say, okay, I'm going to just hit the college up the street. Maybe if I have a car, as long as it's within driving distance. But this this young lady said, no, nah, where do I want to go? OK, I'm I'm going to go there and 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 post up, you know, like that's, that's major, huge, man. That's major. You can't teach that, Mm-mm. you know. So what a gift. What a gift you are, Sierra, not just to us, but I think to the profession as a whole, if folks are paying attention so that they can really see, just like Deanna said, like they can really see that you can really take the reins of your future and of your career and not just limit it to your athletic training education programs, curriculum or whatever, not just limited. They have an important role to play, right? But not just limiting it to their network or who they know, right? But it's like, hey, I just want to go and make some efforts, you know? And, and then we as an organization, 
want to partner with people to help to help see that stuff happen, you know? And now, Sierra, you're going to do the same thing for other people, right? So. At Last is proud to announce that we have teamed up with Raincross High Performance and Thorn to support athletes from underserved communities. If you purchase supplements through the Raincross High Performance Dispensary via Thorn, you can receive a 35% discount on products purchased. Not only does Raincross offer the highest discount possible to their performers, but 100% of the profits from their dispensary will go to initiatives supporting athletes from underserved communities via At Last. If you're looking for high quality products from omega-3s to vitamin D, go to www.thorn.com forward slash u forward slash raincross hp to receive 35% and support our cause. Springbok Analytics is proud to support Atlas in their mission to improve equity across sports medicine. Springbok's all-powered technology transforms MRI images into 3D digital twins of your patient, giving you precise, objective data to inform your rehab and training programs. Go to springboktech.com to get your analysis today and mention Atlas for a 20% discount. So Sierra, another question for you. How would you answer to the question of where do you feel our support, the support of Atlast, was beneficial to your clinical rotation? The support of Outlast was beneficial towards my um, I feel like toward the clinical rotation was definitely financially, but also like to backtrack a little bit, I did go to your conference at NATA. And so I did learn a little bit about, you know, the sleep and like how it helps and just different things about mental health. I appreciated you like trying to put that and implement that into the what you were giving me for my clinical rotation, like the earplugs and the the eye mask. I'm not going to lie. The eye mask was a little uncomfortable. (laughs) But. I definitely utilized, you know, the earplugs and because for some reason, I don't know, the California weather, people just like to stay outside all day. And it's like, okay. <laughs> for some more context, real quick, for real quick. So Sierra's referring to Adam. Adam gave a presentation at a conference on functional health and functional medicine and talked about a variety of things, which Sierra's and one of those things was everything from like sweet sleep health, sleep hygiene. So one of the things that she got was like an eye mask and some earplugs to kind of help facilitate that. Go ahead, Sierra. (laughs) And then unfortunately my days were like rapid fire. So I didn't really get a chance to do the meditation app, but now that things have slowed down a little bit for me, I think I'm going to try to utilize that way more. So just like keeping in mind, like my mental health and keeping in mind, like my health just in general, I feel like was beneficial because now it's like, like you hear about the things, but like to see like somebody else, like, I don't know, telling you about it, it just makes you like, okay, yeah, maybe I should try this out. Maybe I should do it. Like, see yeah. how. So I think you introduced that to me and I'm, and I'm grateful for that. Cause then I can utilize it. And then I have a younger brother and he likes to stay up all the time. And then like he has gym class now because he's in high school and he likes to come up to me like, oh, my legs hurt, my this hurt. And it's like now I can educate him too. like, you need to sleep better. 
for one, like, you know, just like pouring down the information that you gave me, I feel like was a big takeaway too. And then just the connections to like Sanam, she was pretty busy. Uh, she actually disappeared for a little bit because I think uh, the wrestling team went somewhere to go train. So we didn't really get to interact a lot, but like you connecting us, I feel like made that bridge like, okay, yeah, she knows I exist. I know she exists. Like, let me chat it up with her a little bit. Cause I feel like if we didn't get that connection, we probably would have just seen each other in passing. Cause mm-hmm. you know, she's like really busy, but like just having that little, oh yeah, this is Sierra, like presenting me to her and you present to her to me, like still gave that connection. Like I would talk to her like a little bit, like I told her about like the soccer game that I wanted to go to. And like, she gave me her free tickets, like, cause all the staff members get free tickets there. So just like little things like that, like really did make a difference. That's great. When I, when I had texted you about Sanam, you, your words, I think when I introduced you to was, um, that you felt less nervous about, you know, traveling across the country yeah. by just having that connection. And I, I think that there's, there's some huge implications to that. Just having some sense of like a safety net of someone that you could trust in this new environment. Yeah. So you're at Westchester university. What's the demographic of that school? Definitely predominantly white. Predominantly white. Yeah. Okay. I think we can benefit and people listening can benefit from you maybe sharing like what would you have to say to other athletic training education students who are black or brown or other people of color based on your experience but even beyond just your your experience at the rotation with Stanford just like you have a platform you know and you clearly have some assets and some grit and some value as we can see through just your life so you got the mic now. What is it that you, what are some, what is it? You don't have to limit it to one thing, but what are some of the things it can, it can be rapid fire. It doesn't have to be well put together, but like you have the audience of athletic training education students all over for those athletic training education students of color. What is it that you would say to them? How would you encourage them? How would you challenge them? Just what would you say? First, I would say don't give up because sometimes You come across people who definitely challenge you, I feel like, in a bad way. Like Mm -hmm. Sierra, tell us, tell us about a time. Tell us real quick, if you can, about a time where yeah. So right now I'm at my current clinical rotation and my preceptor, um, he graduated from here. So just yesterday, it was yesterday, I guess. So it's like a lot going on here. I'm I'm assuming the undergrad students do like like a shadowing here. They came in and one of the girls asked me like, oh, what's this device? And so I very briefly know what BFR is and that's blood flow restriction. You attach it to whatever limb you want and it'll restrict the blood flow at a certain percent. And I just told her like, oh, you know, causes the anaerobic pressures and like puts the atrophy in the muscles. Like, but in layman's term, you're putting the muscle through the same fatigue that you would do if you had X amount of weight on you, but without that Brilliant. weight. Yeah. So like, 100%. Yep. So then <laughs> Facts. My, he was like, um, 
oh, what were you asking? And she was like, oh, she she already told me. And then he said, this is the kicker. Oh, I'll let so-and-so tell you about it. And she is a student at this university that I'm at. So I'm like, why does she need to talk to so-and-so if I already, you know, kind of told like what it was. And so then that's when she proceeded to say, oh, it's exercise without exercise. And he like looked at me and was like, no, it's still exercise. And I'm like, well, and then I try to explain like more into it because it like she just took, you know, what she took and from it. And like, that was her perception of what I said, you know, whatever. But like, I felt like when he said that she should talk to so-and-so, like it kind of felt like he undermined me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, even though like the first words that came out of her mouth was Sierra already told me he still proceeded to say, oh, but you should talk to so-and-so about it. And it's like, I got very upset. Me I actually too. left, called my mom because I've been having like some, I guess, issues but like I kind of was sweeping it under rug. And then it's like yesterday he did it in front of like five students. And then like I feel like him telling her that is now she's like, mm, like, OK, yeah, I'm not going to ask her no more questions. Because like if someone said that to me, like it would be like, OK, maybe she don't know what she's talking about. I had told him he like apologized. But then started saying other things. Wait, that- wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. You yeah. said you went and talked to him after. Yeah. So after Good. my after my rotation had ended, I like said, could I talk to you for a minute and like express to him that I felt like he was undermining me. Hey, like I'm very confident in my skills. I'm not I'm not fully done yet. But as far as the last year, like I feel confident in what I do, like the rehabs that I do, the connections, my interpersonal skills, like whatever. So he proceeded to say that he has a bias toward the UD students, but he doesn't try to be that way. And it's just like, from you saying that, I feel like already put me back. Then me being Black already put me back. Me being a woman already put me back. So it's like, okay, because I'm not here, because I don't go here, like, that's, I just feel like that was a bad, he should never said that. So now, today was a better day, I'll say, because from last week, to yesterday, like, it was always just something, like, just something weird, just something going on. And, like, people like that can make you feel like, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I shouldn't help other people. Because it's like, wait, do I really know what I'm talking about? But it's like, yes, I do know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm at the graduate level. I passed my first year. Like, I know what I'm doing. Yes. So Sometimes you have to reassure yourself. And like, even my mom said the same thing. Like, don't let nobody deter you from from like your goals or like what you want to do. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's a vulnerable thing, but this is a a safe space to be able to share those things. And it's real. Like, this is a reality that's not just happening, unfortunately, in your clinic. Yeah. And a part of what we want to do is raise awareness. That's a whole, I mean, I think that's the whole purpose of any podcast, right? Is so that they can be used as a platform to disseminate information, to disseminate, you know, for people to tell stories or to do things like this, to share information and, and ultimately bring an awareness to things that otherwise people may not, may not know about. Right. And so 
I appreciate you sharing that. And you can rest assured that I want to acknowledge like there could be some fear of like retaliation or whatever, but I just want to remind you, and, and I'm in a position to be able to say this maybe more confidently than you, Sierra, because I'm a little more further in our, our my career. And so can Dr. Ross and Adam and Deanna, right? All of us here. That one preceptor certainly has a network, but you don't need that network. Mm-hmm. Right. If 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 that's the, you know, if that's the thing that the 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 carrot that wants to dangle. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people that hold a lot of people back from speaking up because there's this power, there's this fear of the power that our preceptors have over us, right? When we're at, as athletic, edu- athletic training education students, right? So if nothing else, man, let this be a clarion call for athletic training education programs too. Like y'all better get on your stuff. You hear me? Because y- you're influencing lives, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and to Sierra's point, we, the reason I asked her to share that is because she preferred that by saying that her encouragement to other athletic training students was to not give up. And I interrupted you, Sierra. So I want you to come back to giving your, your words of encouragement and things, but, but we had to have, I wanted her to give an example because I knew that it was probably something along those lines because I've had those experiences and probably many other students of color have had similar experiences, right? That we want to now make aware. So fellow athletic training students, you need to know that your colleagues are having these types of experiences with preceptors and you have a responsibility to support them and even think about ways that you can just encourage them too, knowing that this is a reality, yeah. right? I'm a fit Kristen. I think Dr. Ross wanted to say something, but let me, let me say this last piece for you personally, Sierra, about this preceptor and any others that you might encounter. DMX has a quote and I loved it. He said, always trust everyone to be themselves but trust in the fact that you can see them well. So in many ways, I'm glad that this preceptor told you what his bias was. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate without a doubt, right? I, I really hope that this person can have some, some personal professional development, right? But I'm glad that he, he disclosed, he or she disclosed, I think you said he, right? He disclosed his bias to you because now you can trust that you can see this person well. And then know how you need to navigate accordingly, right? I didn't hear that piece. What was the bias that he disclosed? Oh, yeah, because you had chat. Yes. Okay, go ahead, Sierra. And, and during your conversation. So during the conversation, he um like mentioned how he has a bias toward the UD athletic training students, but he doesn't try to show it, I guess. And it's just like, why would you even I say- needed to wait if you guys could see Adam's our white brother on the, on the podcast, if you can see his eyebrows shot through the roof and I had some similar feelings and sentiments, but I wanted it to come from our white brother in the room. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I have so many thoughts. I, 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 w- I want to start with, again, I think Chris did this earlier, Sierra, but you need to be encouraged to, understand that you took a huge step to have a conversation with that person and time there is always this power dynamic for many reasons but the simplest one is preceptor and student dynamic right yep. yep a lot of people need to realize that what he did at least for me I'll speak personally I would feel embarrassed I would feel humiliated 
uh, rejection, like all of these negative emotions. Man, that preceptor would have felt the same way if it was him as a student. Probably had the same thing happen to him. Oh, yeah, th- there's definitely some of that, Deanna. Uh, I mean, I heard very recently today <laughs> that hurt people hurt other people. Uh, we That's see right. that a lot. That's in right. Traumatic environments. That's right. That's right. So I, I think you took a huge step. I think there's a lot of fear that could be had from you even just having that conversation and, and yeah. not knowing what the outcome could be by having that conversation. But I think people who are also in areas that they are going to affect students need to recognize and take some uh, self-assessment. And the fact that, that, that he stated that he had some in, his, his own insight to his bias is like, well, why have you not addressed it at this point? Yeah, it was, it was really awkward. And it did. It took like a lot. I had to muster up like a lot of courage. Oh, 100%. I tend to like sweep, like I've been sweeping stuff under the rug all week. Like, and it's just like that one thing. I don't know. Just. You had to muster up courage, not just to maintain your professionalism, but then to not respond how a lot of people of color tend to hawk newsom talked about that in our one of our last episodes about how you know some people go into a shell other people boss up a little bit so i'm I'm glad that you yeah you 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 you, uh you regulated yourself yeah you know tune in to that episode too go ahead doc go ahead that's just what i wanted to say i wanted to kind of commend you for stepping up and advocating for yourself and doing it the right way and just I want you to know that by you advocating for yourself, it wasn't just for yourself, but for other students to come. And so I know we've kind of talked about how that preceptor kind of self-admitted that he had those biases. And, And from the outside looking in, it's kind of crazy, like, dang, like he even knows it. But that's kind of the first step to him even being able to be on the path. To, to make those changes is kind of self-realization and self-actualization. But by you kind of bringing it to him allows him to understand that that bias that he has is affecting the people, right, yeah. that, that he's serving in, in you being a preceptor and yeah. or you being a, a student and he being your preceptor. And so hopefully, you know, that kind of allows him to kind of sit and reflect and seek out you know, some training and, you know, maybe he can reach out to us to, to see what, you know, what he can do to, to kind of help with those, what we call implicit biases. Right. And Absolutely. So he wasn't purposely doing it, but it just kind of came out. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, shoot him the link to the podcast. <laughs> no, you don't have to actually do that, but if you feel comfortable enough, right. Like seriously, you know, I mean, that's, Hey, I've been thinking more. I just thought if you're curious or interested, you know what I mean? So MedBridge provides evidence-based courses, unlimited CEUs, home exercise programs featuring 6,000 plus exercises, and more. Use promo code THEADVANTAGE, that's T-H-E-A-T-V-A-N-T-A-G-E, to get an annual MedBridge subscription. So Sierra, come back to, okay, so you started with a, for all the other athletic training students out there, Black people of color, Hey, don't give up. Right. When it's even when you're facing some of these kinds of circumstances and the BS that you had to deal with and maybe deal with even more often than you can count on a daily basis. Right. Microaggressions. When you will. 
when you ah, come mm-hmm. on, Adam, this is why this is my guy. When you face these microaggressions in our systems that we are in, right? Go ahead, Sierra. Don't give up. What else would you have to say to people out there? Also, don't be afraid to get involved. Like I, I definitely try to push myself to do that rehab, do that eval, to even just look and see like what is my preceptor doing? Like, I guess just try to stay active and just try to keep learning while you're at your clinical sites because sometimes it can get redundant. But it's like just even asking questions or like just trying to do something new, like just to keep it fresh. So where I'm at now is more of like a rehab-based experience and like in the athletic training world, you know, you can do practices, you could travel, you could do rehabs and you could go outside all day or you could be inside all day. So like coming from Stanford to then coming here was kind of like, okay, so what am I like just inside all day? But I try to like be engaged more, like don't just sit back and like watch that person do that, like be the person doing it. Like it just, I feel like makes the experience more richer. And I just personally do like the rehab part because it's like more intimate. Like you can talk to the athlete, get to know the athlete. And when you build that relationship, they start to get comfortable with you and like tell you things. And it's just like, okay, they told me they feel stagnant or they feel like this isn't going nowhere. And then it's like, okay, now you can go back and like, you know, adjust or whatever the case may be. But just like be involved, like don't sit back scared, like just go and just do it. Like one thing about at Westchester, the preceptor I had, love her to death. She like always made sure I was involved and in tune and just trying to make sure like I'm doing this, that, and third, like just trying to make sure I'm involved with what I'm doing. I told them how I'm very like scared of the shoulder and like they were there every step of the way when I did my first shoulder eval. And like, I'm not gonna lie, I cried after because it was just horrible. But, mm. you know, you need those people there to help you. So like she helped me through it and I don't know, it got better. So just like being involved, not being scared, trying new things too. like when I was doing ankle tape, like just because they teach you a certain way to do it, it's not you don't always have to go that route. Like if something's not working for you, like just speaking up and asking for help. My my professor, Carolyn, she taught me a different way of how to do heel locks because like my angles weren't right. So like when I went to Stanford, I got way more practice with my ankle taping. So I was like nice. real comfortable with the way that she taught me. And another thing is don't feel alone when you're the only black person in the room. When I first walked in on my first day at Westchester, I remember I was like the only black person in there at first, but then, you know, they started coming in. So it's like five of us, but it's 30, you know, so it's 25 to to five ratio in there, but. Five five students, athletic training students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the rest are um, all white. Just don't feel like you have to stay in your shell. Like, I know it's easy to just stay to yourself, but even if you connect with at least one person, just to have somebody you can study with or somebody you can, you know, bounce ideas off of. 
uh, I was fortunate enough to have two black girls in my class. So we kind of like stay together. And even some of them, you know, I even make connections or try to be friends with like some of my other classmates. And, you know, sometimes they don't, I'm not going to say they don't want to, but like, you know, they just don't take to me, I guess. I don't know. But I have some classmates that I talk to, but like me and the other two black girls are really like stick together. So sure. Sure. And and there's reasons for that, Sierra, without a doubt. Right. Yeah. You know, and we could get into that if we needed to. But I mean, for a variety, you're the minority culture. Right. So there's there's ways there's ways that you talk. There's ways that you dress. I mean, even just your hair. Right. Like (laughs) y'all use different hair products. (laughs) you know so we could go on and on right just about just simply simply from the the cultural differences and people who are way smarter than us have talked about this for years right you know why all the black people sit together at the lunch table and all of that and people have a sometimes that has a negative connotation yeah but but it shouldn't for for a variety of reasons it's really good to just hear from you in a real life way that these things are still present and, and there's it's still a reality. And that's really what it's that's what's fueling us as a nonprofit to want to step in and start addressing some of these things. Right. So that so that some at some point you're not gonna have to be looking for the the five in, in the athletic training program. Yeah. Right. Because it's gonna it's gonna be more representative, you know, and and hopefully more people of color will be more drawn to the field for whatever reason so that it can represent the athletes at most of these institutions that we serve. And we won't have to worry about, there's a reason why all the black kids at the same lunch table. Right. But if, if, if schools were more integrated ethnically, yeah, then they wouldn't have to, right. If athletic training education programs were more integrated mm-hmm. ethnically, they wouldn't have to. I feel like because they're, they're coming up with a lot of three plus twos. It's like they get, <laughs> x amount of seats to their own to their own students and then you only have six people coming from other places and then it's like well how many applications did you get and it's like you only have like six open seats this is already a predominantly white institution so then it's already predominantly white kids that are in the program hold on hold on hold on i need you to this is good you're sharing some good stuff so i need you to 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 detail some of this for a second when you say they only give preference to their own students you're referring to a graduate school right that's a predominantly white school that is adhering to their predominantly white undergraduate population is that yeah. right yes okay now keep yeah go ahead keep going and then they're they're bringing them in into their master's program leaving only like I think it's only six of us who who came in. So you're only leaving six out of 30 out of 30, six seats for other people. And then it's like, OK, how many of those other people could you even bring in? Maybe a black person or an Asian person or, a, you know, somebody else of a different color. But it's like you only gave us six seats. And, you know, out of those six seats, I think I was the only black person that came into the out of the six people that came out of the institution. So outside of it, yeah. I think they do the same thing here is they have the three plus two and they're busting in who they already have into the program. So then it's mm. also kind of makes me think like 
what about people like me who graduated and who are applying into a graduate program? Like, is it ever is it going to be any seats for us to come in? Because Delaware, Delaware, to be clear, Delaware doesn't have an athletic, a master's degree in athletic training, correct? Uh, University of Delaware does, but DSU okay. does not. Delta Your school. Not. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Adam, the wheels are any, spinning. Any of that sound yeah. familiar? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Ted when you need him? <laughs> that, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking about. We need a part two with, with Ted. Then it Sierra. just makes me think, like, are they still trying to keep it predominantly white? Like, are they really trying to integrate our profession? Because, like, you're bringing... Sure. And then... I might be wrong, but I I think it was an HBCU that had an athletic training program, but it was not accredited. So like that kind of sweeps it off the board at that point. So then it's like, well, could more HBCUs open up a program or something like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's going to be, we're going to, that might be a part of our, our project in the future, huh? Adam, we're going to say something. I mean, that could certainly be a solution, but imagine the years it takes to start a program from scratch and get mm, students fact. and graduate students. Sierra, I don't want to sour your view of the NATA, um, but we chronicled this as the degree change was happening or in, in process on a previous podcast episode. And the NATA did this analysis of potential risk of, you know, switching from an undergrad degree to a master's degree. And <laughs> on the topic of will this impact students of color, on the NATA's website, their rationale for why students of color would be supported with a degree change was because, this is almost word for word, now, all of the black students that are athletes that are in undergrad and couldn't be in an athletic training program because of their athletic career can now have the opportunity to become an athletic training student now at the graduate level. I copied it off the NATA's website so that I would have it in the future. Yeah. So is that, is that like saying like they're failed athletic career so then you can turn into an athletic trainer or like like what did they mean yeah and i don't think they were i don't think they were saying connotation of failed i think they were saying well you could not be an athletic trainer and an athlete but now that we have graduate programs more students of color have the opportunity yeah right 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 everybody of color is a is a five-star caliber athlete now (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with that statement (laughs) for sure yeah yeah, it's a loaded. It was. It was. Def, it's definitely a loaded statement, right? To Adam's point, I think that's why he brings that up. But you, I think the other thing is you are an, a living example of some of the points that we brought up in the challenges with the degree change. Yes, right. Yep. Because for many people of color, they're first generation students, college students, things of that sort. But even if they're not. The undergrad at the undergrad level, and Ted Ted does a wonderful job talking about this in his episode. The undergrad undergraduate level has done a great job. I mean, they've had a lot of time to work on it to include and bring in people of color into their institutions, right? Creating programs and scholarships and all sorts of things. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's some of the stuff is pretty impressive. However, 
for the athletic training profession if we now require the minimum degree to be a master's degree mm-hmm. what we're saying is that now creates a barrier of entry for people of color black students and people of color to get into our field in our profession right and and we go on and on and talk about some other things and we did start to try to propose some solutions right so while we are revisiting this topic we're not harping on it but we are this is what i what i think we want to point out is we are we weren't just talking theoretical yeah. in our episode yeah. like this is really happening so that we can then go back and really pay attention to some of the strategies that we started to think through of how do we still try to get more athletic training students of color into our profession with with this whole entry you know this master's level entry the degree inflation this is this is good at vantage is the premier provider for non-traditional work advocacy and resources while pushing the boundaries of athletic training follow them on social media at the advantage and join their email list for an even deeper dive into all things non-traditional and access to more boundary pushing content the sister academy of advantage their academy arm is who brings you great educational content like this podcast for more resources professional development, starting a business, or advocacy, head to AdvantageAcademy.com. Sierra, you touched on something that I think a lot of people, or specifically being a woman of color and a woman. I mean, you know, I didn't realize that and, and not to knock on any or, you know, ruffle any feathers, but kind of going in the South and I would get ruffle them all. Like, you know, do you, do you need help lifting that cooler? And it's like, excuse me, like a woman shouldn't be, you know, the things that women have to face in the profession that is not necessarily a man and then adding to a woman of color, but it's encouraging for me to hear you say, you don't let that affect you or let that limit what you know you're fully capable of. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's awesome for our listeners that you even brought that up because I know that there are other students who probably have faced scenarios being a woman of color and having to deal with things like that. So, so my first time in my grad program, uh, we had cadaver and one of the students like said something and I answered his question and like, he didn't believe me. Until he got confirmation from someone else, like, okay, yeah, that's right. And then it's like, oh, she's right. And it's just like, why do you need confirmation from somebody when I told you, like, what it was? Same thing. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. They just think, like, I don't know. Like, am I just here for show? Like, I got accepted into this program. I did my work. I have a three-point I don't know, for GPA, like, I'm not going to talk say about it, girl. Talk about it. I'm very much educated in like what I do. Like, I don't just come here from my leisurely time. Like, <laughs> I what I know. Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> you, you know what else you can add to that, Sierra? The first ever student on the At Last podcast. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So good, so good. Well, look, I know we could probably go on and on. Um, 
but before we miss the opportunity, we want to just thank you for your time, Sierra. And, and thank you again for, as Brene Brown would say, for being brave and being strong to be vulnerable and share some of your experiences. I'm not sure if I had the same courage when I was a student as you, as you're exhibiting as a no. black male, um, because I for sure faced some things, you know, in my educational experiences and even as a professional, right. I'll, I'll even have to admit, even as a professional, when I was a priest, as a preceptor, I've, I've dealt with some things from athletic training education programs in terms of how they deal with students of color and, you know, probably didn't speak up and challenge them in the ways that they needed to be challenged. So I just want to commend you for that. And thank you for an example, as Kristen already said, you're going to do big things, girl, and we're going to be cheering you along the whole way. You know what I mean? So thank you for your time. And we, we're grateful to just be a part of your journey. We're glad to be a part of your journey. We're just, we're just a spoke in your wheel, you know? <laughs> no, I'm grateful for you guys because it's definitely coming into this. I've very felt alone. Like even when I was trying to figure out, like, how do I even get into like an AT program? So just being able to have, you know, four mentors right here in front of me is like, I'm very grateful for that. And all of the people in our Rolodex. Yeah. Oh. Right. What's a deep Rolodex? Sierra, do you know what a Rolodex is? <laughs> hey. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Kristen, what's... Get off of me, dog. What you saying, bro? Watch out. That's, that's true, though. <laughs> you calling me old, Cass? Timely <laughs> reference. You have all the access to our, to our iPhone contacts. Yeah, yes, you, true. you know that's what it true. is, though. Yes. Dang. It's happening, that's, fellas. That's for real, though. Oh, and then I have one more shout out. Shout out to the Stanford Sports Medicine. They're like the best people ever. They're so funny. Whoop, whoop. Yes. And taught me a lot and they work really hard and I commend them because 12 hours a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was just ready to go to sleep when I got back to the room, but like they really do work hard. And I'm grateful that I did pick Westchester as my graduate program. They really speak life into you. And I hear bad experiences about other programs and it's just like, I haven't experienced that. I hope I don't ever experience that. And like, they just really speak life into you and just really want to see you succeed. So, or shout out to Wes. Yep, good. You just want to see me win, <laughs> say at least. <laughs> <laughs>